You I mean, you're looking at people that start off with a small vision, and that vision manifested into something beyond expectation. I just told you who I thought I was. A guy. Let's do it, black excellence. Let's go. Go, 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 go. What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? It is your host, Boogie the Beast. Thank you so much for tuning in on podcast and SoundCloud for another episode of this amazing podcast that's for us and by us and all about the melanated journey. I am sitting down at a coffee shop with one of my friends that took time out of her day after work to come sit down with me. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to somebody who I met back in college, even though I wasn't at the college, but uh, I was always there. And uh, that never stopped us from being friends and growing into what we have now. Nobody else than my friend Jay, Miss Jay Tatum. What's up, guys? How you doing? How you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. So thank you so much for coming to sit down with me. So I just wanted everybody to kind of get to know the the woman behind the poetry. Um, I know some people out here in Phoenix have heard you do open mic nights. I know people in LA have heard you do the open mic nights, YouTube, mm-hmm. your Instagram and all that stuff. So I wanted to get behind the poet, behind the pen for a little bit. So just kind of introduce yourself, talk to yourself, or talk about yourself for a little bit. All right, what's up? So Jay Tatum, um, 26 years old. I consider myself a spoken word artist. Um, really started getting into it probably when I was 18 years old. Um, other than that, you know, I just try to sharpen my skills by going to open mics throughout the city. Uh, the culture in Arizona is actually pretty cool because there's a lot of events popping up for artists. Um, I think the art- artistic culture is really growing out here, um, and we're starting to become a lot of pretty much like a collective. You know, we collaborate with each other a lot, so I think that's dope. Um, it's, it's definitely growing. Um, other than that, though, you know, I just work, try to stay fit. I'm just out here. Stay buff, stay fit. You know. A couple um, of minutes, tats out. Um, are you, so you're originally from Dallas. No. Yeah, I'm from Dallas. So originally from Dallas. When did you move to Phoenix? Um, we moved here. It was my family. Okay. My dad got stationed here. He's military. So he got stationed at Luke Air Force Base um, around like 2008. And then did two years of high school. Went to Arizona State from there. The Arizona State University. Y'all heard it first. I was, hey. all, I was always there. I was an unofficial um, dorm room appreciation 101 and 102 were the only classes I ever took. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what high school did you go to? Um, uh, and what was that like moving from, you know, a place like Texas to the high school you? Yeah, I went way out west to Verado High School. It was kind of crazy because we were the first graduating class. Um, it was a brand new high school. Wow. Um, yeah, it was not much to do out there, so... We was constantly trying to be with, like, Aguafria and um, Millennium. We Shout out to the Owls. Up, Shout know? out to the Tigers. <laughs> we were trying to link up because <laughs> there wasn't much going on at Verado at the time. Um, but, yeah. What was it like moving mid, you know, mid-year of, like, establishing family and friends and then, you know, obviously living a military life? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, he got transferred and stationed in another place. Um, how many times did you guys move in your life? We actually moved a lot. Um, the most hectic move probably was when we went overseas to Japan and that's just because it's a whole culture shock you know like you're leaving everything we can't even use cell phones like you gotta get a bondage phone at the time it was bondage (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know what I'm saying so that was probably the the most stressful move but um, I can't say that I have like childhood friends like you know you grew up with certain people and Mm y'all seen each other grow year after year I can't really say that but um, I have a lot of friends all over the world and so I think that's pretty dope that's plug. You know? that's, that's called clout. Worldwide clout. That's dope. So, 
Um, and so when you went off to ASU, um, I think that that's where we met. Because I don't, yeah, I didn't meet you in high school. We met through uh, either Kashan or Jordan. Before that, it was maybe Chantel. Mm-hmm. So um, what was it like, you know, being like, I finally get to stay in one place uh, and then going off to college? I think, honestly, that's why I stayed so long, because the plan was to graduate from college and then probably move back to Texas. Um, but realistically, like, just growing up, you start factoring in, like, property, real estate and stuff like that, and weather and all kinds of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Hurricanes and tornadoes, like, we have that in Texas. Um, no, no, We no, definitely no. grew up with a lot of tornadoes. Um so it's like when you start factoring in all these environmental issues and stuff like that, um, this is really where I want to buy property at. So this is where I like settled down. Started to invest in. And yeah. what did you get your degree in while you were at ASU? Communication. Communication. Shout out. Uh, so what do you do with that now um, for the corporate side of the world? Realistically, man, I'm not using my degree, but I work at American Express now. Um, just helping people with different solutions on paying their bills, honestly. Um, so it's not really my degree or anything, but find solutions for people. I feel that. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up for this uh, podcast is um, a lot of people, I think, stress about if you want to do something, you know, you have to get this type of degree to get it done um, or you have to, you know, uh, go on this straight path to get that. And uh, Jay here, obviously, like she said, she got a degree in communications and she's doing something uh, a little bit different than that. Not way different than that, but a little bit different than that. So, you know, there's, there's many ways um, to get to the end goal. And that's what I wanted her, um, to speak about. Yeah. Basically, honestly, no matter what you're trying to do, there's always multiple routes you can take, you know, um, especially like my interest in poetry. Right. So I've done it on the side for so long while having a job. And then for like the past eight months, I actually took off. I, I was not working a job. That's I was right. Making you quit your job, right? Right. I quit my job. It's full-time photography and poetry, you know, traveling back and forth from here to LA, Phoenix to LA. Um, and it's just like, no matter what you want to do, you can make it happen. You know, my bills are like $2,000 a month or more, mm-hmm. just basics, you know what I'm saying? Not including gas, food, electricity, right? Life. So it's just like, I had to come up with that with no corporation behind me to give me a check every two weeks. Whatever you want to do, you could do it. You know what I'm saying? If you're passionate about something, like take the leap. And that's why like, I respect you so much because you were just like, yo, I'm about to take the leap. I'm moving to LA. I'm about to pursue my dream of acting. So many people realistically will probably think that's stupid. People think like, think it's stupid that I'm a poet. You know what I'm saying? Like, that sounds right. lame. Like, oh, damn, you're a poet. Like, that's what you want to do with your life. Right. But realistically, like, no matter what you want to do, just stick to your guns and make it happen because there's always going to be a way. Money is out there. We just got to find ways gotta to get it. Got to find the ways to go pull it. Somebody's pockets, they want to give it up. Somebody has it. So transitioning into that um, and talking about poetry and all that stuff, um, like you said, you quit your job. So before all that, before you mm-hmm. took the leap um, mm-hmm. for the first time, not the last time, right, right. Um, what what inspired you to first start writing poetry? Um, well, English was always like the subject I was best at in school. And so it was probably around like my seventh grade year. I did, we, we just did a lot of poetry. We, we wrote a lot of stuff, you know, but it was the structured kind of poetry that you're supposed to learn, you know, haikus. haikus. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the haikus. So, (laughs) you know, it's like all this structured stuff. So it was cool. But then, um, you know, they entered me into a competition. My poem got picked or something like that. Um, I got published in this little book. It was cool, but it wasn't really for me. So I started from that point, though, because I I enjoy writing. I started just like doing it in a journal, you know, but I wasn't really sharing anything that I was writing um, up until 
my senior year of high school, I was in a creative writing class um, with this teacher. And so he would make us write on prompts every single day. There would be a different prompt. You would write in your journal, he would read it. So I'm literally, you know, really writing. I really enjoy that, like, part of the class. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to get my little feelings out. I'm going to vent. Shout out to the Freedom Writers. You know what I'm saying? So I'm over here writing these prompts and stuff. Next thing I know, he, he comes up to me and he was like, there's a poetry competition at Chandler Gilbert Community College. And he was like, I entered you. Mm. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know. Then the time starts getting closer and closer. And I'm like, bro, I don't really know if I want to do this. And he was like, well, you can't back out because I already entered your name. Mm. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So the day of the competition, I'm trying to pull every excuse out the bag because I've never really performed in front of anybody besides, like, a church, mm-hmm. you know. So whatever. So I'm telling him every excuse in the, in, the, in the bag that I got. And he's like, he's telling him, like, basically, I don't have the poem memorized. The one that I want to perform tonight for this competition, I don't have it memorized. He was like, well, I'm going to let you skip my class period. And you take that hour and a half to go memorize this poem. Wow. And I'm like, damn, like, I don't really got no excuse. <laughs> so I go up to the library. I'm like talking to myself. I'm trying to just, you know, like, basically memorize this poem. I look crazy because I'm like doing it line by line, just trying to memorize it. Um, we go to the competition later that night and I get third place but I'm with like a whole bunch of adults and I'm only 18 at the time I'm 17 actually at the time so I get third place but like the way that I felt from performing in the crowd response and the way that they react and you know receive you and you felt that's what I was like damn I like this so I'm gonna keep doing this Mm. and that's basically where it started that's awesome so all the way back to that um what kind of poetry going into your journal a little bit um do you enjoy writing or has it changed over the years of what you enjoy to write um or are you still a haiku killer? Nah, nah, nah. Um, <laughs> realistically, I like to like touch on religion, love, and social justice. Mm. That's really like the three that I stay connected to at all times. Every poem is gonna have some form of that in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, what um, what was the what was your biggest? I guess you could say um, motivation. Was it the teacher? His first time doing it, or I think it was like just him pushing me because. Um, I don't know. Um, you don't do things that you're not comfortable doing unless you're pushed, you know, to that limit. And so I was never really going to ever just volunteer to perform at a competition or at an event at that time in my life. You know, I wouldn't have done that. But just him pushing me and then telling me, like, I believe in you. Like, no, you got to do this. Like, let's just I'm see. giving you the time to cut out. Yeah. Right. And then just being so positive about it. Like, I think that's what really helped me to, you know, go through with it and then actually get a good place within the competition. So. Okay. So we had two friends uh, that I, I wanted to be a part of this also because I didn't get their interview. Um, so we got to reconnect at the Jenkins wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, this is two guest questions, uh, one from Jordan Jenkins and okay. then one from Xavier Jenkins. Cool. Um, Jordan wants to know, is rapping and poetry the same? And would you ever pursue a rapping career or do you like the beauty of poetry more? Um, rapping and poetry is not the same, not to me, because um, I think that... Um, a lot of rappers, they do start their, their raps as poems. Now, um, I, I know a lot of artists that do that. Um, but every rap that you write, you can't just slow it down and think it's a poem. Like, it doesn't work that way, you know? It's really like the structure of the way that you write your, your stuff. Um, would I ever pursue a career in rap? I don't really know. I do it for fun. You know, I rap over some beats or in L.A., like when the band is playing and you just get up and you freestyle. I do that, but I don't know if I would ever pursue a career in it. Okay, okay. And Xavier had a, a similar question from earlier. I should have put his name in the beginning, but we were already flowing into the conversation. But uh, he said, uh, how long had you been writing before you decided to share it with the world? I'll switch that to say, um, 
What's the biggest motivation for you to continue sharing to the world? Continue to share it. My honest belief is that, you know, somebody needs like your story because we mm. all got a genuine. Say it story. loud. Tell you. You know what I'm saying? And right. so we all have our unique stories and somebody needs to hear my stories, you know, and even if you can't relate to me on a lot of different levels, like you're like six, three, you're a grown man, you're in the Navy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like what we share in general in, in, in common is like we're both black. Facts. We both know a lot of people at ASU. Facts. We're both military. Facts. You know what I'm saying? So no matter how different we look, a lot of people share pieces of your story. They don't have to be exact, you know what I'm saying? But they share pieces and they can relate to that. So it's like my frustrations or me venting or just me shedding light on a topic that I know about and I'm passionate about. Somebody else was the exact same way, but they're not a writer, so they're not going to say it. You know, they don't perform, so they're not going to voice that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you got to keep shedding light and you got to keep sharing your voice because somebody is thinking and feeling the exact same thing, but they, they just don't need to hear it. Don't know how to vent it, yeah. They don't know how to say mm-hmm. it, and sometimes they just need to hear it. You know, sometimes when you go to church and the pastor, you feel like he's talking to you, and it's because you needed to hear that that moment. And so it's like we got to we got to keep, you know, testifying, you know, saying saying what we know, saying what we feel, and shedding light to other people, you know, sharing right. that light. What's happening, family? Hey, this is that part of the episode where I always ask you guys to, uh, you know, follow and subscribe to me. But now it's all about adding other people into this and advertisement. So if you have any companies, businesses, or even yourself just want to get on this and give a brought to you in part by our sponsorship, message me, DM me. Let's get networking. Let's grow. Until then, let's get back to the episode. And we're back once again, Say Loud Podcast. I'm sitting down with my girl, Jay, as we get into the second part, getting a little bit deeper into it. Um, so you like got to hear a little bit about the... The background of where Jay's come, what she's done, poetry, how it's in her life. Her focus is on it. Um, but now just to go deeper into the person behind the pen, once again, like I said earlier, um, Jay, you actually are a part of the um, LGTB community. Mm-hmm. LGTBQ. Yeah, there's a Q in there. In the Q. Yeah. Um, so you are you, you declare yourself as a lesbian. Um, when was the first time you knew or you had a, a feeling that a woman could do it for you? Um, Really when it started was, this is crazy, but I was like five and me and my sister were watching music videos and it was, I can't remember who it was, but it was like some dude rapping on the beach and it was all the women. And these it was two, Big Pimpin'. It had to be Big Pimpin' with Pimp C. You know, something like that. <laughs> and so instead of like, you know, paying attention to the dudes who have their shirt off, they all baby oiled up. Like I'm looking at the women who mm. was laying on the beach and I'm like damn like that's crazy you know what I'm saying like I didn't think nothing of it because I'm like I don't I don't know what anybody else who's watching this video I don't know what y'all are paying attention to this is what I'm paying attention to so that's kind of like when I first noticed it um but then growing up with two preachers um it was mom like, and dad were preachers yeah my dad oh. he did it for the military and you know he has his church um, gotcha. but my mom she's an ordained minister as well so it wasn't any easier so um it was something that I'm just keeping to myself, you know, until like high school. Like they, they knew because the way that I dressed, the way that I present myself, but they didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, like nothing was ever confirmed. Like, you know, but yeah, you don't ask assumption. that question. Yeah, you, so you like, want to ask the question. I'm not confirming because you ain't asking. So it's like, it is what it is. It's just a gray area. So then one day, um, I think I had to be like 15 because I had my permit. I'm driving my sister's car. We just came back from church. And so I'm trying to text and drive. I'm texting my girlfriend. But... She's like, yo, let me do that for you. Because, like, you can't drive my car and text at the same time. So I'm like, uh, no, like, it's okay. Like, you don't need to reply for me. It's all good, you know? And so finally, like, we pull up to the stop. And I'm like, yo, I got something to tell you. 
she was like, okay. And I'm like, but don't look at me. I'm just going to say it, and then we're just going to pretend like I didn't say it. And my sister's like, okay. So then I'm driving. My head is straight. And I was like, yo, I'm gay. And she was like, that's it? And she was like, everybody knew that. <laughs> she was like, granny knew. You know, Uncle Clifford knew. Like, everybody knew he was gay. And I was like, oh. And I was like, do mom and dad know? And she was like, yeah, they be asking me, but I've never said anything. You never said anything. So I'm like, okay, cool. So like, the only person that I was cool with, like my whole school knew, my coaches, everybody outside of my house, and then my, my sister, my mm-hmm. uncle, my granny, everybody knew, but I was just not talking about it to my family because like, my mom and dad. Right. Because I'm like, mm, that's not something I want to do. So um, really, it never, um, I guess, until I moved out, you know, it never really got confirmed. I moved out at 18, went to the dorms or whatever. And then my parents left, went back to Texas my the summer of before my sophomore year. So at that time, I stayed here and I continued going to ASU, finishing out here. Um, and I think I was at my desk. I was at work one day. I just texted my mom and I was just telling her, like, yo, this is why I never, like, officially told you. But I do want to let you know. And, you know, it just went from there. Did you feel um, like a, a sigh of relief kind of um, when it not only came out to your sister and it was like, oh yeah, we all knew, or like, were your parents um, receptive of it? Was was it a little... Yeah, like, so it was a sigh of relief to come out to my sister because then we could like, that took our relationship to a whole nother level. Like, we can be honest, I can tell you everything. She would lie for me, like certain people are my friends, but they wasn't, really wasn't my friend, you know? Right. So she would like, you know, cover my stories and stuff, have my back um, with my parents. It wasn't really a sigh of relief because their stance is always going to be their stance. You know, like they, it's not a lifestyle that they feel like they can support because of their beliefs, you know? And so it's like, we just have to agree to agree agree to disagree, you know what I'm saying? And just keep it at that. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's a relief in the sense that like my mom and my dad, like they truly accept me for who I am, you know, and I could be who, be myself around them. But I don't know, like with relationships and stuff, I've never introduced them to anybody. Mm. Do you, do you want to get to a level you think, or do you think even with the agree to disagree that, um, you know, you guys are currently out of, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that you'll ever be able to introduce them to somebody saying that, you I know, mean, it's going to happen. I'm going to introduce them. Um, their stance is that because they can't support the lifestyle when I get married, they can't be there. Wow. So that's the only like heartbreaking thing to me. Cause I'm like, damn, like that sucks, you know, but shit, it is what it is. Like, yeah. So they won't I come can, to the, they won't come to the the full thing like they won't even come to the reception I don't know we, we haven't talked about that I, got it. <laughs> but, I, just, you know I thought there was a like, loophole but yeah no yeah. that's that's, that's crazy heavy. yeah so that's that's kind of the situation I hand okay um how would you educate if you could the black Christian community about the LGBTQ community um or at least your your two cents or what you know coming from both sides I don't know the way that I feel about it is um God has so much love in his heart and he didn't like put it in us to be judgmental or to be hateful towards other people. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's a, that's a tough position to be in. Cause I wouldn't, um, I don't know. Like I don't, that's a tough question to answer, bro. Like I'm kind of stumped. Um, I just think people need to focus on like our individual lives and our individual, you know, situations. Cause like I said, I grew up in a church, so I've seen the deacon having sex with the, you know, choir director. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I've seen the pastor, you know, having sex with one of the, the ladies who go there and sit on the first row. So mm. I've seen that. Reserve you know, seats. Exactly. And I also know that like everybody, you know, that you 
everybody who looks the part isn't isn't what they seem, you know. So. So when you joined the military, you you finished college and then joined, right? No, no? I was you were during in. college. Okay, so I took you like went a semester off. I took six months off. Okay, went and then came back. And what branch did you do? Army. Shout out! Shout out! Thank you for your service. For sure. Um, how was the Army experience? Because you went reserve as well, right? Yeah. How uh, was the, How was that experience uh, going to boot camp and then coming back and then now not only representing being black, not only represent being gay, but now no, you're representing military. military. It's crazy. Um, I don't know if your situation was similar, but um, when you go there, you don't have phones. You don't have anything. You know, all you have is notes. You can you can write your little letters. You got to hope that whoever you send it to is going to respond to you. Man. And so your focus is on so many different things. Your focus is on your physical fitness. Your focus is on getting the job done, learning a new career path. Your focus is on so many things. And then initially getting back, being cut off from the world, not watching BT, not being on Worldstar, not being on none of that Nothing. stuff. You know no what I'm YouTube, like, no YouTube, no Instagram. Personal messages. So not being on any of that stuff to come back. And to see, like, people are on the same old shit as when you left. Like, you're a whole different person because you took six months, transformed your body, your mind, your career, your pockets. You know what I'm saying? Military puts some good money in your pockets. So it's just like you change everything about you just to come back and people are still fighting at the club. People still want to just only go out on the weekends, don't want to travel. Like, I've had a passport since I was 10. Mm. So it's like, you know, some people have never left Phoenix. Some people have never Never. left Arizona. You know what I'm saying? And it's just crazy to see, like, the mentalities of people you know, being stagnant and staying the same. So that was like the biggest thing that I noticed when I first got back. It's like, damn, like y'all are on the same shit. Shit, doing the same things. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was it um, like when you first got to your, your unit um, mm-hmm. for the National Guard? Um, how was that like, like do it? Cause you were doing school and doing that at the same time, right. bouncing back and forth yeah. and then still doing poetry during all this. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what it was the hardest balance? I mean, cause can you walk us through once also for now? Was it one week a month or was it the weekend? It's once a weekend a month? a month, two weeks out the summer. Okay. Um, and so like, you know, drilling and field and then still holding the standards of like, can't smoke, mm-hmm. um, you know, can't, dr- well, watch how you drink. You know, you, right. you represent a lot more now from being a family dependent of military to being military. Yeah. During Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Uh-huh. How was that when you first? To me, I can genuinely say, um... I think women do have it a lot easier than men, you know. Um, me, you look at me and you can tell I'm gay. Like, my haircut, everything, the way that I dress. So it was something that, like, I was a walking symbol, but no one messed with me. Like, I'm not out there putting my business out there telling you what I'm doing, telling you about my girlfriend back home. Like, none of that was a topic of, discuss- of discussion. So it wasn't really a big deal for us. Um, guys, on the other perspective, you know, on the other hand, I know they've had a different experience because it is a, it's a lot harder. You know what I'm saying? You're right. in a locker room full of guys. You're doing this tough army, you know, GI Joe kind of job. Rah, it's rah. Like, depending on who you are, what your personality is, being softer or whatever, that might be. I don't know. It's a it's a lot more difficult to deal with. You get a lot more haze and harassment. Um, for me, to be honest, I my military career as a gay person was smooth. It was never an issue. So I can honestly be thankful for that. What's going on, Say Loud Podcast? Once again, this is that part of the episode where I need those sponsors. I would love to get you, your company, your business, anything you have or want to promote right into this slot right here. Just go ahead and email me once again at sayitloudpodcast68 at gmail.com or DM me or text me. Until then, let's get back to this episode. All right, last part of the Say Loud Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. 
We have Miss J in front of us, Miss Spoken Word, soon to be taking over in God's name, I promise you. But I wanted to, uh, you know, just bless the people if they haven't heard you yet. Um, if you have anything you want to share since you like a... So I asked her to share a short piece, but I forgot like a short piece to her might be a long piece. But we're just going to give her the floor because, you know, she's uh, she came and joined me, like I said, right after work. So I just wanted Jay to uh, give an open mic night, uh, you know little thing on Say It Loud. So without further ado, Miss J. Tatum. Cool. So um, kind of like I said earlier, everything has to do with love, religion, or, you know, social justice. So this piece is called Salvation. Yo, what's the price for salvation? Because ain't nobody all good, but ain't nobody all bad. We all just juggling both. You know, it's a balancing act. I sing spirituals to cope. Say a prayer when I need hope. I don't be in church every Sunday because a nigga too woke. I seen way too many people get rich off religion. The church is in a way worse zip code than the one that they live in. Men is drug dealing and pimping. Women prostituting and stripping. Come to church to pay their 10% in exchange for repentance. Everybody just wants their soul saved. Mm. We done all done did something that we wish that we didn't. When time got hard, I ain't never sold a drug I ain't have to sell. My mom's a crackhead, so it didn't sit well. But when you can either make money or go hungry, you don't make decisions with your values. You put your head down and do the dirt that you have to. Cause y'all want my soul saved, but I also want my rent paid. Sometimes I master shit, other times I need a sensei. I mm. care about what my granny think, give a fuck about what my friends say. Yo, it's all about balance. Mm. See, that's the ultimate challenge. Being righteous, but still about it. I praise God to Fred Hammond turn up to 21 Savage. 21. Hey. My faith is consistent, sometimes my actions are stagnant. I lust way more than I love, I guess that's just a bad habit. Yo, what's the price for salvation? Cause I ain't all good, but I ain't all bad. I'm just juggling both, you know. It's a balancing act. Wow. That was, <laughs> hey, I got the goosebumps. Clarify, I got goosebumps. Yay. Clarify. That is awesome. Wow. Yeah, so, wow. Um, shit. <laughs> like, what was the, what's the, um, wow. What's the, where does it come from? Where did, where did, where did that piece come from, if I may ask? This is crazy, because we're in Phoenix, so I am not going to name the church that I go to. Okay. For those of y'all who know where the church I went to, for those of y'all who know, y'all know. So, if you know, you know. You Shout know, out to Pusha T. So it's like, um, just going to this one church, right? So it's, they paid, man. They got new Range Rovers, all kinds of shit. Huh? <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a side conversation. <laughs> um, they're, they're paid as fuck. Um, and so, you know, you passing the collection plate around two times on Sunday, you know, and telling us that, you know, the electricity bill is 300000 It's in the house. So you mean it's in my pocket. So you mean it's in my paycheck that I went to work for. And that's cool. Like, to be honest with you, we're supposed to give 10% to God. And I 100% agree. If I could direct deposit some money into God's bank account right now, I would. But to deposit in, into your bank account, you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Mm. You know, my best friend, you know, he plays 2K with, with one of the sons or whatever. So they playing 2K. It's, it's Sunday. Dude loses, and so my best friend's like, hey, run me my money, you know? And he's like, I got to wait till tomorrow. That's when payday is. So your paydays are on Monday because you just profiting off of the church, bro. Like, that's crazy. People is really eating off the church, and you really selling this message of hope, you know? But, like, ain't nobody getting closer to God from your message. We're, this this 10% doesn't push, push us closer to God. We can't buy salvation. You know what I'm saying? We buying the building. We're buying the electricity. The look. We're buying the, the look, you know, the, the sound equipment. But it's like, 
this hope, I get this hope from my Bible app and that's free. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I get this hope from TD Jakes on YouTube. That's free. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different resources. Like, I don't know. I just wrote it because I felt some type of way. You know, like people will give their last 10% hoping that, you know, our soul can be saved. And it's like, you're not even really doing it trying to save souls. You're doing it to get rich. And I can't really respect that. Wow. Heavy. Um, where do you, where do you want to see yourself with as a spoken spoken word poet, spoken word artist? Uh, be realistically, I want to go on like college tours. Back in the day, like in high school, you know the BET like the the college tours. They would they would do like you know bring different artists and stuff like that. I want to do stuff like that. Def Jam um, poetry and stuff. All kinds of stuff, you know, verses and flow. Um, that's really the goal. How is uh? And you said the Phoenix. Um, you know, like community is growing and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you see yourself? Um, I don't want to boast you or anything, but do you see yourself as an all-star in Phoenix, or is there something where you're like, you know, you want to take your talent somewhere else? You know, no, to I do. I feel like, you know, if that's something you're into, obviously, you know, what I'm saying, if you're into sports and you don't know nothing about poetry, you say Jay Tatum, you probably don't know who I am. Mm. But it's like in this community, uh, the artistic community, I feel like you say Jay Tatum, they know exactly who you're talking about. That's respect. Um, but I want to keep growing with that. I took like months and months I haven't performed, you know. I'm just trying to regroup. But um, yeah, I definitely want to continue what I'm doing, continue building here, and then just see what other outlets I can, you know, get into. Okay. Um, and a few more questions and we'll let you go. Uh, can you explain the difference between, if there is a difference between being a poet, being a spoken word, or a slam artist, I think it's? Okay. Um, yeah, so don't quote me. Like, <laughs> this ain't, you know, Webster's definition. <laughs> WebMD Web of, like, of poetry. You feel me? But, um, so, like, poetry, to be honest, I feel like it's that structured stanzas and, and you know, rhythmic patterns. Yeah. Like, it, it has to match. It has, It's a certain structure, you know, like Shakespeare type stuff. Um, spoken word, I really feel like it's more based on expression. And then slam poetry is just, it's competition. Like, you know, like, this is that shit. I'm bringing the heat with this one. You about to crown me king, like all kinds of shit. Like that's what slam poetry is to me. Okay. Um, who are two poets that not only you look up to, but you would love to do a, a collab show or open up for or co um, speak with I that would, you already haven't, if you already have. But okay, so I would say this dude Prentice Powell. I really, you know, rock with him. He came to ASU. So I did open up for a show that he did, you know, at ASU or whatever. Um, and I would love to collaborate with him because he kind of is on the same thing with love and social justice. Like his message is similar and he's really dope. He's just a dope human. Um, outside of that, I would love to work with Wale. Mm. He's, you know what I'm saying? Come on, he's Wale. Dope, man, you know? he, he, and he, and I, you know, we were saying earlier, not all rappers can slow it down. Right, or right. All poets can throw it onto a beat. I think this is me personally. Yeah, after listening to that. Free Lunch too, yeah. he has mastered what it is to do both acapella and on a beat. And I, I love his flow. I do yeah. love his flow. I just want to see him do so much better. Mm -hmm. I think he needs to leave uh, Double MG. But yeah. that's nonetheless. That's for a whole other thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So final thing I always ask everybody who comes out here before I give you the floor one more time to shout out everything is you are. I don't, ooh, maybe you can do this. It's up to you. All right. Super short, if you'd like. Mm -hmm. Improvise a poem to you oh, as a high schooler about the future. As a high schooler? If not, you can always just, I always tell people to write a letter uh -huh. to themselves. You know, and like, what would you say? 
I'd rather write a letter. Okay. So you want to write a letter? Uh -huh. So I want you to write a letter to Jay in 20 years instead of Jay in high school. All right. Um, so from where I am right now, 20 years from? So you're going to, yeah, you're writing forward to a 40-year-old Jay. All right, cool. So dear Jay, I hope that you stuck to your guns. You know exactly what you want. You know exactly how to make it happen. If your intentions are good and your action is behind that, you're proactively seeking progress, you're going to get everything that, that you want out of life. So I hope that you don't sell out. I hope that you stick to what you know. Keep God first. You know, your faith can fit in your hand. You know, if it's, if it's the size of a mustard seed, there's no reason for you to not take your faith every single place that you go um, and just know that you're going to be all right. You're going to be good. You're going to reach every, every, every height you want to reach and achieve every goal you want to. That's awesome. That's awesome. So once again, thank you so much for sitting down with me, Jay. Uh, I'm going to open up the floor, let people know how to get a hold of you when you have anything, any shows coming up. How do we connect with you? Shout out to Phoenix, uh, you know, artistry, the open mic nights, any places, anything. The floor is yours. Cool. So um, every Wednesday night downtown at Stand Up Live, we're at Poetic Soul. Um, so that Instagram is at Poetic Soul Events every Wednesday, 8 o'clock to like 1130. Um there's different events on like Thursdays, but it's not consistent, so I don't want to shout that out. But to be in touch with me personally, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Unflawed Soul. That's really where I'm active at. Hey, I, Instagram's I get, where it's at now. I so. gave Twitter up in college, man. Oh. I got in too much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I still I was be reckless. Just for the news, and we don't use Snapchat no more. But really? uh, yeah, you got the floor. Anything else you want to say? You know, just end it out on you. Um. That was it, man. I definitely appreciate the platform. Definitely appreciate linking up with you. You know, it's good to see you in Portland. Good to see you here again. Um, shout out to Xavier and Jordan, you know, sending the questions through. And then anybody who, you know, is following the podcast, man, like, keep up with this man, Boogie the Beast, y'all. That's love. That's love. Once again, just like she said, my name is Boogie the Beast. Her name is Jay Tatum, also known as Unflawed Soul. Coming to a mic, coming to a theater, coming to a stage near you. Uh, until next time, uh, stay black and stay woke.